When the Lord Jesus Christ called men to believe the gospel, He wasn't simply adding to their information. I want to give you some more religious information. It's called gospel. He says, repent. Repent. And believe the gospel. That means, in order for me to grasp what's going on here, I need to be thinking another way. What are you saying, Jesus? He's calling on me to change my thinking and hear what He is saying. The importance of these definitions for the New Testament writers is the change of mind that leads to a change of behavior. And the change of mind that Jesus preached leads to a change of behavior. Let me also say at this point, I am not saying, I am not saying that people must stop all their sinning and then believe on Jesus. This is not what's being said. Because first and foremost, there's not a human being that has lived or ever will that could possibly do that. And unfortunately, that's the way some people preach it. Go out and stop all this stuff and then you can come to Jesus. No, indeed. Jesus says, repent and believe. And they go together. We come as we are. But if we're truly coming, it is because there's been a change of mind. Clearly, John and Jesus together called the stubborn and rebellious nation of Israel to change its thinking and turn to God. What a radical thing to say to those who are God's covenant people. They thought they were fine with God. But John came on the scene, repent. Jesus came on the scene, repent. Sinful men will ultimately live out what they think. The less they think like God, the more unwholesome and corrupt, rebellious, and self-centered their lives will be. I have never seen a child raised in a godly home leave that home because they got more godly. I saw them leave when they stopped thinking like they were raised according to the Word of God by their parents. They wanted to think their own way. Are we saying that young people are not to think? No, we want you to think. In fact, I would imagine I could, I could say without any hesitation there's not a parent in here that doesn't desire that every single one of their children think better than he or she does. But it will never be in rebellious authority-rejecting 
thinking. I've never seen a child read the Word of God, submit to the Word of God, and say, got to have my own way. Forget mom and dad and what they've said. It's me. If it's to be, that's it. My way. And that's the highway. All right? No. Repent and believe. Jesus, the root out of a dry ground, the eternal life springing up in dead and lifeless Israel, came into His own and His own received Him not. They desperately needed to change their minds and to believe His gospel. But He came into His own. What did He say to them? Repent! And it would appear that the vast majority of them did not. And what, what was the outcome? They nailed him to a cross. Well, we want to look at the necessity of repentance. If this is what it means, repentance then means a change of mind that leads to a change of action. Why is this important? Why is it necessary? Well, three reasons that we'll cover this morning and we'll cover them briefly. Number one, repentance is necessary because Christ commanded it. If there were no other reason, that's the supreme one. Sinners must repent because Jesus said, Repent ye! The Lord of heaven and earth commanded it. He has not suggested that we change our minds and believe Him. Heaven has spoken. It is settled for all eternity. Repent ye. There is no other way. Repent ye. Secondly, repentance is a necessity because man is a sinner. That's the obvious presupposition. But that is something that many seem to miss today. Well, I'm not all that bad. Men must repent because they are sinners. They need to change their minds because they're rebels against God. The word sin means falling short of the mark. 1 John chapter 5, verse 17 declares all unrighteousness is sin. All unrighteousness. Unrighteousness means anything that is not in harmony with the righteous character of God. Likewise, 1 John 3, 4 tells us that sin is the breaking of God's law. It's the violation of God's revealed will. Therefore, God's Word makes abundantly clear that sin is every thought, word, attitude, or deed that is in opposition to the revealed character and will of God. Everything. Because men are rebels against God's will and corrupt in their hearts, they will never walk according 
to God's character and will unless there is a radical change of mind that turns them from their idols to serve the living God. Thirdly, repentance is a necessity because without it, there is no salvation. This is the shocking, the shocking term today. This is why so many books are being written for or against this issue of repentance. Because ultimately, hinging on this is evidence as to whether or not anyone has truly been converted or not. You can't just say, oh yeah, yeah, I believe, no problem. Yeah, I believe a lot. Your life must speak it. You can talk religion all the way to hell. But those that repent and believe will be saved. Is repentance a work that merits something for me with God? No. And we will see that in some detail as we go through our series. It does not gain you anything with God. But it is the change of mind that must happen or you are not truly believing the living God. Why? Because sinners need to be saved. And they're saved from their sins. And instead of going on living in them, they turn and go with Christ. Sinners living in their darkness and pursuing their self-centered lives must repent or they will be forever lost. They must, they may not cast this commandment of God aside and hope for the joys of heaven. <clears throat> for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. If the Spirit of God is truly dealing with me about my sin and my need for a Savior... I will, by God's grace and by the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit, see my sin for what it is. And in my mind, I will change to look to Christ for salvation from those sins. Jesus himself said, For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. That means we have to change our minds about who he is, what he's accomplished for us, and believe him. Mark tells us that John preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins in verse 4. The remission of sins. Didn't matter that this was to the Jews, it was about sin. Verse 5 of chapter 1 of Mark tells us that the people of Judea and Jerusalem were all baptized of Him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Their sins. This is why there's a Savior. 
If you do not understand that you are a sinner, justly damned by God, you will never crave a Savior. There are a lot of people that are afraid to go to hell, like I was as a child. Oh, the thought of the horror, the, the, the terrors and the horror of hell gripped me. The thought of a flame that, that would not go out. The worms that gnaw forever. I was so fearful of that. But all I was afraid of was losing my comfort. When I sit back and look at it, that's all that mattered. I don't want that to happen to me instead of I have sinned against this holy God. And, oh Lord, I am worthy that I should burn in the torments of your condemnation for all eternity. But if you will have mercy on a sinner such as I, I believe thy son to be my righteousness. There was a change of heart. There was a change of mind. A parting of the ways with what I was, even though outwardly wasn't beginning to show yet. That was the first sign. Repent. Repent. Repent and believe. This is all because there is no salvation without it. Well, finally, the importance of repentance and let us Go through these quickly. <clears throat> Forgive me as I will go over these in a very hurried fashion, but it is important for us to hear this today. <clears throat> Why is this important? Well, it was the message of John the Baptist. The angel of God told Zacharias recording his, uh, regarding <clears throat> his son John, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel, hear, many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make a ready and make ready a people prepared for the Lord. How were they to be prepared for Jesus Christ? They had to repent. John's purpose was to come and turn them to Him. He couldn't make them repent, but He came with the same commandment. Repent ye! And believe on the One who is mightier than I. Israel had no prophet of God for 400 years. Then John the Baptist burst upon the scene. And how did he prepare these people? Matthew tells us in chapter 3, verse 1, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, repent ye, 
For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus Christ, the mighty coming one, came behind Mark <clears throat> as we have in short order set before us in Mark's gospel. He tells us that Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. And then Christ's word to Israel after he was baptized and had been tempted by Satan in the wilderness. What was his word? Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom, verse 14, and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Both John and Jesus made a clear connection between repentance and the kingdom. Repentance is a mark of citizenship in God's holy kingdom. Brethren, again, in the weeks ahead, we will see that repentance is not a one-time thing that gets me in good with God. It is because life by the power of the Holy Spirit is in my soul. I repent all the days I'm on this earth. Repentance is a characteristic of God's children. Jesus himself described his own mission this way. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This is how he described his work. After his resurrection, the Lord Jesus commissioned his disciples to go into all the world preaching the gospel. And what were his instructions for this? Luke chapter 24. Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance, repentance, repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations, not just the Jews. All nations. The preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ as commissioned by the Lord's resurrected Christ is tell all the nations to repent for the remission of sins. And there are many among us today that are unwilling to do that. The apostles, during Christ's ministry, He sent them out two by two, the disciples anyway. <clears throat> what did He command them to say? What did He command them to do? Listen. In what place soever ye enter into an house, there abide till ye depart from that place. Whosoever shall not receive you nor hear you, then ye depart thence. Shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. As they went out, preached that men should repent. Amen. Mark chapter 6, verse 12. What did Peter say on the day of Pentecost? <clears throat> what did he say on that important day? Filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked to their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It hasn't changed. That message has not changed. But there are many today that for whatever reason, theological or comfort-wise, don't like that word repent. It smells like fire and brimstone to them. That's not a modern word to use with people. Oh, don't go telling modern people in the office that they need to repent. John the Baptist told people to repent. Jesus Christ told people to repent. He commissioned his apostles to tell people to repent. On the day of Pentecost, filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter told people to repent. Paul the Apostle, the great Apostle to whom? The Gentiles. The Gentiles, said in Acts verse 17, And the time of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. Are we misunderstanding Paul? Let's hear him describe his own ministry. He said, Unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then to the Gentiles, both Jew and Gentile alike, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. In other words, change your mind so that it is seen in a change of life. Do we earn salvation this way? No. This is what life in the heart of a sinner manifests itself like. I close with Jesus' last words to the churches in Asia. To the church at Ephesus. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlesticks out of his place except thou repent. To the church of Pergamos, repent or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. To the church at Thyatira, And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. To the church at Sardis, remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast, and repent. And finally, to the church of Laodicea, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Amen.
Jesus Christ is the crucified and risen Lord of glory. Sinners have no righteousness that they may offer to the God of heaven and earth. When they see their darkened condition and they understand the wickedness of their own hearts. The Word of God tells them what to do. Repent ye. Change your mind and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Believe unto everlasting life. This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. SWRB makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available, free and for sale, in audio, video, and printed formats. Our many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing thousands of classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, tapes, and videos at great discounts, is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780-450-3730, by fax at 780-468-1096, or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, that's E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L3T5. You may also request a free printed catalog. And remember that John Calvin, in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart, from his commentary on Jeremiah 7.31, writes, God here cuts off from men every occasion for making evasions, since he condemns by this one phrase, I have not commanded them, whatever the Jews devised. There is then no other argument needed to condemn superstitions than that they are not commanded by God. For when men allow themselves to worship God according to their own fancies, and attend not to his commands, they pervert true religion. And if this principle was adopted by the Papists, all those fictitious modes of worship in which they absurdly exercise themselves would fall to the ground. It is indeed a horrible thing for the Papists to seek to discharge their duties towards God by performing their own superstitions. There is an immense number of them, as it is well known, and as it manifestly appears. Were they to admit this principle, that we cannot rightly worship God except by obeying his word, they would be delivered from their deep abyss of error. The prophet's words, then, are very important when he says that God had commanded no such thing and that it never came to his mind, as though he had said that men assume too much wisdom when they devise what he never required, nay, what he never knew.